Welcome to Miracles and Rivalries. Uh, today I'm hosting. This is Cowboy. Uh, there is not a pilot on the plane. So all I can say is, you know, fashion your seatbelt. Seatbelt light is on. Hold on to your asses because this is probably going to crash. Let's ride. <laughs> It's just me today. It is just Cowboy. Uh, Pilot has uh, some other flight arrangements. Some would say uh, he's kind of been all over the place uh, the last five or six days. Um, Nothing to be alarmed about, um, but anytime you want to toss up a a good thought, a prayer, a good vibe, um, him or his family's way, uh, always appreciated. Um, But due to uh, other obligations and things going on, you just get me today. So, again, we're going to try not to crash the plane. Uh, we're going to have fun with this. Uh, you know, feel free to fade all of my picks and and or just tune out because you realize that Pilot's the one that keeps us all together. And you don't want to listen to me ramble for 35, 40 minutes. Really, however long I, I take this. So, without further ado, uh, as I try to talk myself out of breath because, again, new to this. Uh, let's jump into a recap of last week. Uh, jammed pack slate last week. A lot of good games, a lot of good action. I'll try to make sure I hit all the high points. But, uh, you know, overall, I'll start with my gambling record. Overall, was about a 500 week. Um, this late in the year, you're going to give and take a lot. It's really hard to find a solid edge ahead of some teams. Uh, I try to get ahead of Vegas a little bit. I'm getting my record pulled up now from last week. I was right around 500. It was not a great week. So, uh, yeah, my last 30 days, my last seven days, 18 and 22. Last 30 days, 86 and 99. Like, cheese is sliding off the cracker just a little bit for me uh, at this point in the year, which is okay. We've had an overall productive year, I think, so far. And college basketball is right around the corner, so... If anything, that just means time for me to lose a little bit more money. What is money when you're trying to buy a house? What does it even matter? You know, everything's hell in a handbasket, right? But, uh, yeah, uh, going through some of the losses from last week, I got to point out one of the funniest things that's happened. And we've said on the show, this was probably going to happen. And we took the bait like a bunch of idiots. Uh, Me and Pilot both had Arizona State plus 11 and a half. The final score of that game was Utah 55, Arizona 3, Arizona State 3. Yeah, 11 and a half. We uh, lost that by 52 points. Uh, not great. Uh, Georgia Tech money line was wonderful. Uh, the over in Colorado, Oregon State just never had a prayer. I don't know what Colorado's plan on offense is. Clearly, the adjustment... Um, to relieve Sean Lewis. I don't know what 
I don't know what the game plan there was, but it, it wasn't optimal, uh, and that was dead on arrival. Now, Colorado did stay within the number. They did cover, so I'll take that. LSU plus the three was a loser. Hmm. Yeah, once Daniels went out of that game, that was pretty much over, wasn't it? Uh, they were already got got behind a score in the back and forth, and once he was out, which I don't know how that isn't targeting. Um, that one puzzled me, but yeah, tough loss on LSU there. Uh, USC, USC, goodness me, got into an absolute shootout at home, fifty-two forty-two. And brings me to really my first point I want to address this week. And everyone's, you know, has a thought or opinion on Caleb Williams. And, well, I'm going to air mine now, I, I suppose. I, I don't want to make fun of a kid who's out there crying, putting it all on the line, and plays his heart out. The year has not gone how they've expected it to go. So it's a bl- I don't want to be super critical, but also... With the with the nail paint thing last year, and then the making fun of Max Duggan for crying, and then the whole equity and a team deal, and this you know, acting like you're God's gift of football, and then this year's punch you in the mouth. I think a good dose of reality has, it might be the best thing that's ever happened to that kid. I think the adversity of this year is the best punch in the mouth that he could get before he gets to the NFL. So I'm not going to clown him for crying like a little baby in the stands. You know, a lesser person would make fun of him having to run to his mom to cry because he lost a, you know, a man's sport. I'm not going to make fun of him for that. Some people might. I'm not. But I'm going to say, yeah, man, it sucks to suck sometimes. And your defense sucks. And Alex Grinch, thankfully, fired. So we'll see what that means for USC going forward. Uh, other things of note from last week's slate that I kind of want to jump into here. Uh, the final bedlam, boy, Oklahoma. You know, two, three weeks ago, real national championship aspirations, you know, was going to be in the, you know, they're not even in the driver's seat to be in their own conference title now. They had the big win over Texas, but, man, it, it dropping the final bedlam, when you're moving on to greener pastures, that's a tough look. And Oklahoma State deserves every ounce of sticking it to them a little bit and, and clowning them for that one. It's tough to lose your final rivalry when you're the one leaving and you lose it in that fashion. And Oklahoma has gone from being on top of the world to looking spectacularly unimpressive. Uh, Iowa, boy, 10-7. to 7. Um, 10 to 7, and that was in Wrigley. There were higher scoring baseball games this year in that stadium. Uh, UAB get, got into a shootout, though. I had them to win and the over. That was beautiful. Uh, let's see. Notre Dame and Clemson. Yeah, Clemson, uh, they're still a force we reckon with at home. Uh, the real question does, does Dabo still have that drip? Does Dabo get it? Is his drip back? Is that a thing? Does he have his Clemson gloves on making cheesy ass TikToks? I don't know. I don't know. Notre Dame uh, has not looked good 
when they have to go play a quality opponent on the road. That's been shaky. It shows it again. Notre Dame's kind of who I thought they were going to be. Clemson's still good at home. And that's not a surprise, really, to anyone. Um, A&M. A&M, again, Jimbo can't get it done, once again. Uh, Lane wanted to really hammer in his, his tempo versus talent talk, this, that, the other, whatever. Uh, I got a push there. I got A&M plus three. That was a push. That sucked. Uh, elsewhere in the SEC, Arkansas. Wow. Overtime win in the Swamp. Um, man, that's that's tough for Florida and, and what Napier's doing there. That's that's really tough because here's their final three games. They have five wins right now. Do they make it to a bowl? And, and here are their final three games. At LSU, at Missouri, host Florida State. I would venture a guess that they're going to be, I mean, this week they're a 14-and-a-half-point dog on the road. I would venture you're kind of you're looking at least 10, 10 to twelve points probably for Missouri and probably another two touchdown dog at home to Florida State. Man, that's that's tough. And, and you know, a few weeks ago I said, hey, this is a six and six Florida team. They're nothing special. Boy, 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 that that program. You know, if they don't make a bowl and. There's a little more turmoil internally. I could see where that recruiting class maybe flakes a little bit this winter. Uh, maybe not a good situation there in Gainesville. Moving on, Texas. Texas snuck away in overtime. Um, a lot of people are going to be very critical of, of Kansas State going for it there. I, I'm always going to be an advocate for when you're the underdog and you're drug into deep water like that. You're going to overtime. It's never to your benefit to just keep playing for the tie. Eventually, the more talented team, the longer you let them be on the field, the more likely water's going to find their level and the talent will prevail through. You, you just got to go for it. And I know it didn't turn out well, and it, the play design looked poor. Or not even that. The guy slipped. I, I mean... You know, you can't second-guess a play call like that and say, well, you know, if it works, he's a genius. If it doesn't work, he sucks. It's I like the play call when they decided it. I like the play call after it. Go get the win. You've already pushed overtime there. You know, you're, you're almost a touchdown underdog on the road in conference play. Go get your win. Just playing for overtime, playing for field goals, going to two-point conversions back and forth. That's not going to get it done, and I do not fault Kansas State at all for going for it there, especially on the road. Go win the game. You know, you win games. Don't don't be the team that just sits back and watches. Don't don't give Texas a chance to not lose. You go win. Uh, let's see. Uh, Michigan State, wow, they got to win. They beat Nebraska. Oof, tough scene there. Um, I was on the wrong side of that. Yep, thanks, Nebraska. Auburn, uh, one step closer to bowl eligibility. Thank God. I uh, was happy to see that. I don't know if I'm missing anything else from this week. Oh, West Virginia laid it on BYU. We were on the right side of that. Purdue covered against Michigan. I guess they didn't have enough of Purdue's signs. Or, you know, you just get up that much and don't care because it's Purdue. 
NFL is rough. I don't even care. My fantasy teams are in shambles. My NFL picks are in shambles. I don't even I don't even know what I'm doing there anymore. It's a struggle, but um uh, make sure I'm not missing any headlines. Um oh, from the A and M game. What a nut shot. Like just uppercut like like anime fighting game like uppercut from hell to the nads. Like that is Jesus Christ, what a shot. Um, we talked about Florida sucking. Talked about Jimbo sucking. Ohio State was unimpressive. That game was really was a lot closer than it should have been for a lot longer than it should have been against Rutgers. Yeah, they pull away late eventually, but... Ooh, man, that's that's tough. And, you know, there's still the one team in the, in the college football playoff rankings. I don't hate that. Uh, I was pretty fired up in week one or the first week of the rankings about that, but I'm not as upset right now because it'll play out. Ohio State will have to play Michigan. Michigan gets tested this week. Georgia has back-to-back ranked opponents coming up. Florida State has to hold serve and win the conference, and Oregon and Washington have to hold serve. You know, there's there's enough there. I think it'll be okay. Um, you know, I would be remiss talking about Georgia as well. Um, you know what? They handled business against a good Missouri team. That is a spicy Missouri team. That is a Missouri team that, you know, can move the ball downfield, has the weapons on the edges. You know, if there's going to be a way to attack Georgia, that's what it is. And to be fair, that's really why I'm concerned almost. You're going to get Georgia and Bama and Atlanta here in a few weeks. I'm assumedly so. Um, I think that's pretty much all but guaranteed maybe. But unless something crazy happens in Jordan Hare at the end of the month, maybe, knock on wood. But I still think Bama holds the tiebreakers. I may be wrong. Especially if assuming Ole Miss loses this week at Georgia. Um yeah, because Bama has a mobile quarterback that can throw the ball down the field. If you're going to attack Georgia, probably the best way to do it. In reverse, the what Georgia's you know always good at is protecting underneath. They're going to be able to get some pressure. They're going to be able to limit the run game. They're very physical at the point of attack up front. If, if that's enough to get Bama off their timing, that could be a really interesting matchup. And I know I'm forecasting here, but... Writing's kind of on the wall there. It's kind of what I've noticed. Bama's getting hot. Georgia keeps taking care of business. This could be a really fun uh, game to look forward to, which a month ago we may not have been nearly as amped for. Um, let's see what else here. Uh, one other thing I wanted to note, three and six Army team upsets. Uh, upset an undefeated Air Force. Um, another um, Armed Forces Academy game. And, yeah, I, I had Air Force to win big there. And Army with a huge upset uh, kind of derails Air Force's plans to maybe make that run to a New Year's Six Bowl. So, interesting. Um, we talked about Caleb Williams again. You know, if, if I put in my notes here, if you're going to talk shit, at least back it up. Again, I'm not going to make fun of him going to crying to his mom. I'm not going to do that. That would be a low move of me to bring up again. So I won't do it. But USC, get it together. You, you go on the road this week, you're playing Oregon. So let's see if you can 
muster something here. Uh, that's it. That's all I had for headlines for this week. Um, I want to get into some of these games for this coming week. I have, you know, six or seven of the bigger names or matchups or more intriguing games. I want to just preview, give a pick for, and then I'll get into the rest of my picks. Again, this has been an abbreviated podcast. It's only me here. I can only hear myself talk for so long. And I'm sure you're probably sick and tired of hearing me already. With that being said, let's take a quick break and we'll hop back into it in just a second. second half now as Tim Tebow would say we have 30 minutes for the rest of our lives something like that all right let's get into some matchups for this week first one obviously the marquee matchup of the week it's Michigan at Penn State right and the narrative here is how much how, how much information can Michigan steal from Penn State now that they fired Connor Stallions I'm just kidding no the real narrative is 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 JJ McCarthy just a guy and can he go get a big road win in a hostile environment against a really good front seven and be just a little bit above average? I understand the numbers suggest that he's been very good this year. Borderline Heisman candidate in a lot of cases. I, I understand that. But, you know, it's like when if you're taking a college course and you have, you know, 50% of your grades the midterm and 50% of your grades the final. And that's all you're graded on. You could be in class every day. You could be, you know, a participant and, you know, ask really good questions and be present there all semester. The teacher can know your name. Professor likes you, all that jazz. But, man, if you bomb one of those two exams, that's all that's, that's, all that's worth remembering, right? And, and that's what Michigan's schedule boils down to. They have two big exams. There is nothing else on the resume besides this week in Ohio State. And this week at Penn State, they're a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. Uh, the line's bumped around a little bit. I got, uh, I saw it at four for a minute yesterday. I've seen it at four-and-a-half. I don't think I've seen a five. Uh, four-and-a-half is kind of the landing spot here. Um, Michigan's going to want to run the ball. JJ's been, you know, in his career, historically good off of play action. Uh, you know, Penn State is pretty poor at explosive plays, and I don't know that they have the Arsenal drive down the field, but I think this is going to be a fight in a phone booth type of Big Ten game. And similar to how Penn State, Ohio State was a slugfest, I think this is going to be the same exact way. I I actually have Penn State plus the four and a half in this matchup. I think Michigan, when you sleepwalk for eight or nine games, and now you have an actual road test where you have to have your A game, we're going to learn a lot about Michigan. Do they have, are they able to flip a switch? We've seen it with Georgia. Georgia can flip a switch. Um, does Michigan have that ability? That'll be answered this week. Because I don't know that Ohio State really has it. 
And I think Florida State may kind of sort of have it. If they're, you know, if their playmakers are healthy on the field, they may be sort of kind of maybe have it. But does Michigan actually have that? Does J.J. McCarthy actually have the flip the switch, go be elite, go take over the game, and don't give Penn State a chance to breathe? Because here's the thing. If if this is a tied game at half, and Penn State's in the second half looking across the field saying, hey, we're, we're hanging with Michigan, and we're limiting them, I really like Penn State's odds at that point. But if Michigan can kind of keep them at arm's reach, keep them to medium to long field goals and kind of hold them at this like 13 to six type thing at halftime and know, Hey, you need a touchdown. You're not going to get it and kind of keep them at arm's reach. Most of the game. I I can see where this would kind of be a little of a, of like a, a wrestling match on the ground. Eventually, you know, they kind of choke the life out of them a little bit. I'm I'm hoping Penn State just needs a little bit of life early. They need to throw a good one-two here, and hope if they can stun Michigan early and be competitive heading into the mid-third quarter, I really like Penn State's odds. I'm taking Penn State, and I have an underplay here. Uh, next, you got Georgia and Ole Miss. Boy, boy, oh boy, this is. Uh, you know, everyone's talking a lot about what this game is and a lot of <sighs> heard a lot of rumblings of, oh, is Ole Miss kind of pulling up? So can Ole Miss, you know, make this happen? You know, this is a top ten Ole Miss team and you know, Ole Miss is eight and one and man, what's what's gonna happen? And I'll tell you what's gonna happen. It's gonna be a colder game, it's gonna be good chance for rain in Athens on Saturday. Lane Kiffin can scream tempo over talent all he wants to, but as I remember it, every time that he's played a big team on the road, he shits down his leg, and Ole Miss kind of falls apart and gets exposed for what they are. They are a fraudulent ninth overall in the country. I'm laying it with Georgia. I have full faith in Georgia's running game to pick apart Ole Miss. I have full faith in Georgia's defense here at home. Um, Ole Miss really doesn't know the Hornets' nest they're going to walk into on this one. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't buy, I don't buy Ole Miss. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to buy Ole Miss. Uh, why, why should I have a reason to buy Ole Miss? Okay, you beat an LSU team that was streaky. Like, we, we knew LSU was streaky. You lost by two scores at Bama when this is when Bama wasn't clicking on all cylinders. This was the time to go get Bama, and, and you looked very pedestrian. Why do I think you're going to walk into Athens and be anything but pedestrian? Why, why do I think your defense is going to do enough to hold Georgia's running game and hold Carson Beck to below 30? Why do I think that? I have no foundation to believe that. I mean, you were at home and you could only put up 27 to a banged up Arkansas secondary. On the road, you beat Auburn 28-21. That game, that score is misleading. It really it was really a two-score game most of the time, but Auburn had an atrocious second half. Ole Miss, I just, you, you have a slugfest at, you know, at home against A&M. You sneak away there, the three-point victory, and now you go on the road to Athens. Bro, give me Georgia. I'm laying the points, and I may even venture a Georgia team total over. I think you can get 33 or 34 there. 
Um, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I, and the weather, the weather will help neutralize the tempo a little bit too, I think. If it is a little bit cooler, if we do have the rain most of the day, at least early in the day, like I'm, I'm fully comfortable laying the points at Georgia here. They didn't cover last week at home. Uh, you know, a little bit of snip, snap, snip, snap, zigzag, zigzag, as our pilot would tell us. Yeah, I'll lay, I'll lay it with Georgia, and I have no doubts about that at all. Um, here is a game that isn't necessarily on a lot of people's radar, but I think it's interesting enough to talk about. And that is going to be Colorado, Arizona. And once I find it on my pick sheet, and I can actually pull up the numbers, here's why it's interesting. Arizona has been a pleasant surprise out west. That team is 6-3, and three, already bowl eligible, has looked really good, and they've gone from being home dogs early in the year to now they are road favorites. They are a 10-point favorite at Colorado. Colorado, you're 4-5. and five. You are pinned to the mat. What you going to do? What you going to do, Dion? I mean, are we going to fire another assistant? Are we going to trash, you know, our O-line and our D-line? Are we going to complain that it's not fair? Because here's the thing. This can, this idea that Dion thinks he's going to get all these guys in the transfer portal and it's just going to mesh, especially on the lines of scrimmage, it's not how it works. Like, you'll get a good group of five O-linemen that – Maybe as a mid-tier top O-lineman, you, when they go to the next level, like you can poach a few of those, but those aren't just low-hanging fruit. You're competing with the Georgias, the Bamas, the LSUs, the, the Ohio State, the Michigans of the world. People that have a true foundation that don't need to be talking about you know, packing their Louis and bringing it somewhere and just doing this metamorphosis-type change of dramatic overhaul i mean if, if you're going to transfer right now and you're looking at nil and you're looking at you know program stability i mean what dion and i don't want to take away what dion's done at colorado yes it's impressive from where they were last year what they've done this year and they've at least provided some pop but after about four weeks people figured them out there's a game plan it's on film it's nothing crazy. It's nothing uber creative. And ultimately, their offensive line, which we said was going to fail them, has failed them. And Dion has doubled down by not being too fond of them and also playing, you know, musical chairs with who's calling plays. That's a terrible idea. That is just, man, that, that's not good. But the reason I'm circling this game is because... If Colorado was going to get another one at home, I think this is the one. Because here's how Colorado will finish their year. Um, this week, they host Arizona. Then they go to Washington State. Then they go to Utah. I don't see them winning at Utah. So this is a 4-5 and five team. they got to win two of the three if they're going to make it to a bowl. I guess you could say they would be a super appealing pick. And I don't know I don't know what Dion's stance is on if they're a 5-win team getting selected for a bowl. However... They would be a very appealing five and seven for anyone. That I mean, they would love to have them, uh, especially the publicity that would bring a ball game. Do I think they could win at Washington State? Yeah, the way Washington State has accumulated injuries and how they've kind of fallen apart, I, I don't hate that. Um, I think that would be a very right now. 
you know, a look ahead spot right now in Washington State's four and five. That would be a bit of a touchdown game. Now, Wazi would be a home favorite. Uh, this week, Colorado's a 10 point dog at home. Is Arizona consistent enough on offense that they can go be a 10 point favorite on the road? I don't know that they can be. I'm actually taking a sprinkle on Colorado money line here. I think this could be a variant. Now, Colorado's either in it to the end or they get their doors blown off. There's no in between. It's either, hey, we are looking at, you know, a late win slash overtime or they're getting their doors blown off and teeth kicked in. So I'll sprinkle a money line play there. I, I know I can get it at plus 315. I don't think that's a bad little sprinkle in investment. I'll, I'll rock. I'll rock with that. Um, next, it's Miami Florida State weekend. Florida State fourteen point favorites at home. Uh, Miami tough loss last week. And, and you know, if you told me Miami was six and three, I don't know. I believe you with the roller coaster that they have been. I would have told you they're a four win team just based on narrative and storyline. Uh, that, that's a six and three team. Um, they lost to Tech. They lost North Carolina. They beat Clemson. They they beat Virginia barely. Uh, they've lost to NC State. Now they have Florida State. You know, this is we're going to see really who is bought in to Cristobal down there uh, this week. We're going to really see who is invested in what Miami's actually doing and what this outlook is going to be for the next two years. Of do they have a program or or is it just a decent team? If it's a good program, this is going to be a very close dogfight of a game. If this is just a decent team, lay it with Florida State. And you know what? I have a sneaky feeling this is actually just a decent team. Florida State, you know, we're looking for another staple win. You know, they kind of, last week I said, on the road at Pitt, probably a look-ahead spot, probably don't want to pick them. But before that, they've been doing well at taking care of business. It's a rivalry game, so anytime you're laying two scores, that's really, really scary. I'm going to lay it. I'm going to lay the two scores. We're going to get a little bit of a breeze, mid-70s game down in Tallahassee this weekend. I'm going to lay the 14 with Florida State. Um, Probably take the over 51 as well. Let's see. We have, oh. Here's another strong matchup for you this week. Tennessee at Missouri. Missouri coming off the loss in Athens. Looked really competitive, looked strong. I don't know where they're at on the injury train, though. That's a little bit concerning. And I'm going to try to look up to see as we're recording, or I'm recording, 7.30 on Thursday night. Let me see if there's anything out there about their injury situations. Um, let's see, Luther Burton's playing. Hmm. I don't know that I have an answer on if he's playing or not. Something tells me he may not be playing. That's the last I heard he may not be playing. If he's not playing, I really lean to Tennessee to kind of do a drag you down to earth, run the ball, try to out-physical you at home. I just don't know that Missouri is going to be the team that gets out-physicaled at home, though. I don't, you know, I have Missouri money line here. I can get them at plus 110. They're one-and-a-half-point dog at home. 
And that's more or less a pick of Missouri being bought in versus Tennessee being sloppy on the road. Now, granted, when they've been sloppy on the road, look at who they've lost to. A lot harsher environments than playing at Missouri. It's a gut check game. You're both 7-2. and two. Who still thinks that they can go be a 10-win team this year? That's, that's really what we're looking at. Who thinks they can still go be a 10-win team this year? And I, I'm going to take Missouri just because they're at home. I'm going to lean Mizzou here. That's maybe not the most astute analysis ever. I mean, it's not going to land me on a major network. It's a very generic and vanilla take. Um, just, I mean, Tennessee is below 500 covering the spread on the road. Mizzou is 2-3 and three at home against the spread. But Missouri's really good as an underdog. They're 3-1 as a, as a dog right now. I, I really like them to cover that. And if I'm, if I'm taking them to cover that at a one and a half, I might as well take a money line. You know, so value on the money line. The numbers are conflicting. Tennessee leans to the under when they're on the road. Missouri leans to the over when they're at home. I'm probably not going to touch a total. I don't think I'm going to touch a total. No, I'm not going to touch a total. I'm just going to take Missouri money line. Uh, we'll ride with that. It's a 3.30 game. I should be in front of a TV by then. Um, we'll We'll lean with that. Uh, let's see here. And then we got USC, Oregon. Last big one I wanted to touch on. USC. They, they've done some rearranging on the defensive staff. Uh, USC, still a 7-3 football team. Uh, some people may forget. Uh, they got this and UCLA left. Realistically, you can win out. You can really ruin Oregon's year. You can really throw away the momentum UCLA has. Right now, USC would be a about an 11.5-point favorite at home against UCLA next week. Right now, they're a 15-point dog at Oregon. Man, that over-under 75 is steep. That's steep. And I know Oregon can score on this defense. I, I know Oregon can run the ball with what their offensive line brings on a physicality level of how they move people. That's USC has been exposed with that regardless of the coaching staff the last few years. And I really believe this is going to be a situation of Oregon just pounds and pounds and pounds them. A little bit of play action, get Bo Nix moving a little bit once you're tired and worn down. I think Oregon's maybe going to have their way, but man, that the spread of being 15 and a half now is steep. That's a steep number, and was what was brought to my attention on a different gambling show earlier today is you got two coaches here who like to look at two-point conversions and, and attempt a lot of two-point conversions relative to the field. I, but see, see, my heart says lay it. My heart says lay it, and my heart says Bo Nix for Heisman. My head says, well, maybe USC... It's, it's a weird pride game, and it's a business trip on the road after a heartbreaker at home. But, you know, normally if I use that reasoning and logic to say, man, you get a team that's going on a road trip, you know, make it a business trip, get your head right. Those are teams that I think have actual mental toughness. I don't think USC has that mental toughness. I think this is a, you know, an instance of, Good team, you know, talented team, not a bought-in program to what they want to be yet. 
And I'm going to take Oregon. I just talked myself into I'm going to take Oregon. Uh, I'll lay the points with Oregon. You know, you're getting sharp signals to USC. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least acknowledge that. I'll take Oregon and I'll take an under. That's a lot of points. That's a lot. 75 is a lot. I mean, even if we get a, I mean, say you go 42 to, you know, 27, you're still under the number. I'm I'm going to take, yeah, Oregon in the under. That's that's the play. Oregon in the under. Um, couple other matchup this week. Uh, Utah goes on the road to Washington. Washington eight and a half point favorite at home. I think they cover that. Utah's not going to travel well. I say that as if that's a foregone conclusion. I really don't know. I mean, to be fair, what I know about Utah got thrown out the window when Oregon dismantled them at home. Uh, yeah, eight and a half. It's kind of a tricky number. Man. Man. They get, you know, their stats are contradicting each other when, when we're looking at totals. You know, I'm sure you can assume who's on what side of that. I mean, in their last 10 games, I mean, Washington's 4-4-1 ATS. Utah's 5-3-1 ATS. I think this number's going to be spot on. Um, but, man, you know, I'm looking at the weather. And, and you know what? 53, 17-mile-an-hour wind. You know, is that total? The, the total is currently sitting at 50. You know... Washington, while they looked good last week and they got a shooter, I think that might be more indicative of USC not being able to play defense. You know what? We're gonna take we're gonna take the under. We're gonna take the under in in Washington, uh, Utah. Didn't think that was gonna be the pick I was gonna land on when I when I clicked on this game, but we'll take the under there as well. Um you know, I'll run through the rest of my card here. I think I hit most of the matchups. Oh, Florida at LSU, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Yeah, Florida, boy, big gut check game for Florida. LSU, I don't know that Daniels is playing. I haven't, at this point in time, I don't know if if he's been cleared or not. You know, actually, I don't think he is um, because there were more injuries than just a concussion, right? It was, uh, this is where I need my pilot to uh, tell me I'm an idiot and, you know, keep me on track. How LSU is preparing for Florida with Jaden Daniels and concussion protocol. Um, yeah, it looks like he's not, well, okay, 24-7 sports as of 59 minutes ago. LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels probable for Florida game. Man, this might be a, I hold, hold my horses until I see if he's playing or not. If he's playing, yeah, I get, I get night LSU in November against a rival. Yeah, I'll lay that if he's playing. If he's not playing, I'll abstain and probably just take him under. So there's there's my tentative plays. Once I get confirmation, we're gonna look on Friday afternoon if he's playing or not. Uh, Duke North Carolina. I'll be honest, this game kind of has lost a little bit of juice in the last few weeks, um, as North Carolina's really stubbed their toe to say the least. Um, Duke six and three. I mean, still really good for what Duke is. I, I just with this kind of game and, and Carolina's propensity to stub their toe, I I think you can look at plus fourteen. But that would be the square play. The square play would be, well, Duke's pretty good. North Carolina struggled. We're taking North Carolina laying the 14, if anyone's asking. Anyone still listening, North Carolina laying the 14. 
games in Chapel Hill. Let's take a quick peek at the weather there. Make sure I didn't just screw myself. Mm, yeah, 50 degrees, light wind, mostly cloudy. I'll take that. We'll we'll take uh, we'll take North Carolina. Uh, rounding out the rest of my picks, though. Uh, well, I have SMU laying the points. Uh, that game is tomorrow. Um, I have Wyoming plus the four and a half. I'm also going to look at taking um, Wyoming UNLV. I may venture an under, under 15 and a half. I'll take under 15 and a half in that game as well. Uh, Georgia Tech plus the 14 and a half at Clemson. Clemson's been a roller coaster I've been zigzagging on all year. Clemson, really high emotional game last week of put your heart and soul into it. Dabo's got the drip back. Georgia Tech hangs around for a little too long in this one to make them a little uncomfortable. The hook at 14 and a half is what is the selling point here. 35-21 in what ultimately is not really a close game feels about right for me. Uh, I'll take Georgia Tech. Uh, Boston College money line at home against Virginia Tech. I mean, the spread's one, one and a half, depending on where you're looking. Just, I'm just going to take money line, not complicated. Uh, Bama laying the 10 and a half at Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky went to Mississippi State last week. They covered, played well. Kentucky now back home, Bama rolling, you know, not no pun intended there. I hate that I just said that. Yes, there's a little bit of sharp signal to Kentucky. I will take Bama, though. Um, again, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm, I'm going to take Bama, who's 6-3 and three as a favorite this year, ATS. Uh, Kentucky's 0-2 as a dog this year, ATS. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just going to lay the points with Bama. Good talk. Uh, let's see. I'll lay the points with Kansas at home against Texas Tech and the over in that game. We talked about Penn State and Michigan. I have the – I've doubled down on the under. I have it under 45, under 44.5, Penn State plus 4.5. I'm really looking at a phone booth type game here. I think it's possible. Granted, anything's possible. I mean, isn't that what Kevin Garnett once said? Anything is possible. So – when this game inevitably goes under, Michigan blows them out. Tweet me. Tell me I'm an idiot. Call me. Tell me I'm an idiot. I'm cool with that. I mean, it's pretty, pretty much a regular basis anyway, right? Uh, Indiana, Illinois, under 43.5. Illinois' game actually went over last week, which means they're due for an under. I mean, we get Big Ten football at noon in Champaign. Cold noon kick, going to be a little bit of a breeze. Boy, this this screams under again, 43 and a half. I, I will take an under. Uh, we talked about Colorado. I have them plus 10. Navy plus 4. UAB's on the road at Navy um, this week. Let's see. UAB played a shootout last week at home. I mean, it, they're, they're only due to just lay, an, lay a dud, just lay an egg on the road. Uh, the over in Miami, Florida State, the under in Utah, Washington. We talked about those. Uh, Mizzou, money line. We talked about that. UCF plus, uh, I'm taking UCF money line at home. This is a weird, wouldn't it be funny if Oklahoma State wins Bedlam? They are what they are. Go lose at UCF because that would just throw a wrench in everything. And that conference just cannot sort itself out to save its life. So that's a wouldn't it be funny pick. Uh, Northwestern, Wisconsin, under 42 and a half. It's Northwestern. And it's with Wisconsin. 
in November. And it's going to be 43 degrees with a breeze. Like, do I, do I need to say more? Under. Rutgers plus two at Iowa. It's Iowa's offense. And this Rutgers team has really pieced it together. They've played really hard this year. They are scrappy. They can't score to save their lives either. To be fair, I would take an under here, but the under here is preposterously low. I mean, just shockingly low. I am befuddled that I see a college football under this low that is not Army-Navy. The total in this game is 28. Jesus Christ, 28. So, yeah, I'll take my two points with Rutgers, and you know what? Iowa probably wins 10-9, to 9 and I still cover. Um, Auburn, I'm, I'm picking Auburn this week. No, no surprise, no shocker here. Uh, they're going on the road to Arkansas. Uh, a 5-4 and four Auburn team that I think has found its legs, has found its identity, knows who they are a little bit. We have finally settled on the don't do the back-and-forth, back-and-forth quarterback shit. At Arkansas, look, they played an overtime game at the Swamp last week. Would not shock me if they start just a smidge slow. If Auburn can jump on them early, boy, I love Auburn here in this this setting. Uh, plus 125 money line. Now, granted, Fayetteville may be rocking a little bit more. They may be a little more inspired after them winning at Florida. Who's to say? Uh, Auburn money line, Auburn plus three. Uh, Georgia, I'm laying the points. We disclosed that earlier. Uh, I'm laying the points with Oklahoma again. We're zigzagging. They're hosting West Virginia. Technically, they still have a shot at the conference title. Um, they need a little chaos in front of them. But if Oklahoma State loses, Oklahoma wins, a little more chaos happens. Maybe put a statement out there. West Virginia played well at home last week, so I'm really applying NFL logic of zigzag, zigzag. I'm laying it with Oklahoma uh, to play a very pissed-off, inspired game this week. Um, and there's also a sharp signal here uh, to lay the point, so I'll, I'm laying them. i got at 12.5, numbers at 13 now. 13's a little more uneasy because you're kind of landing on the number instead of just shy of it. Uh I'm not saying by half a point. I don't think that's worth the value. If you're going to bet 12 and a half, just bet 13. But there is that little like uncertainty of like, eh. You start getting some of these weird go for two situations late in the game. You kind of get off the number and you're like, oh, shit. You, you look up and you, you, you get a push, right? So I would still take 13 for the record, but I don't know why I went on that random tangent. You understand. You get it. Bet responsibly. Don't put the mortgage on it unless your name is Pilot and Georgia is playing an SEC championship game. Then go wild. Michigan State, Ohio State under 47. I, You know, Ohio State's offense could go nuts this week, and I still am okay with a 47 number. Uh, 42 to 3 still gets me an under. I have no faith that Michigan State, even after a win last week, can go into Columbus and look anything that, you know, that would resemble a, a competent football team. It's it's not much to beat Nebraska. Yeah, I, I've said what I said. It's just under 47. Uh, maybe even a Michigan State team total under. You could maybe look to snipe one of those. Um, I'll see what that is tomorrow. Uh, UNC lay in 14. We talked about that. Uh, Arizona State, UCLA, 46 and a half. I mean, if Arizona State's 
you know, maybe we're taking them a team total under. I mean, their their rosters in shambles with the injuries. I mean, I I actually feel really bad for what for what they're having to deal with down there. Um, not going to run at UCLA, whose thing is run the ball, play defense. Man, under forty six and a half, and God, I can't wait to see how spectacularly this screws me. And watch the number land on forty eight, but under forty six and a half is the pick. And we talked about Oregon laying the points against USC at home. God, that's going to screw me too. I already know it. You know, you know. Sometimes you make a pick and you're just like, my head says one thing, my heart says the other. That's where I'm at. But all that to be said, I, I you know, to everyone still listening, I certainly appreciate it. I know Pilot appreciates it. Um, he apologizes he could not be uh, in the cockpit today for this episode. Uh, but thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for hanging out with this show and supporting what we do in our fun little hobby and side gig of doing this. Um, you know, everyone have a fun and safe weekend. Um, enjoy time with family. Enjoy time with friends. You know, hopefully wherever you're at, the weather is decent and it's not just going to be cold and rainy where you are. So uh, everyone have a wonderful weekend. Cheers to the week. Sidekick with a funny